Hello and welcome to another episode of the Buckle Bomb Show here on Bomb Media Productions. I'm your host, Bobby, and I'm so happy to be here and talking professional wrestling with you today. I'm joined, as always, by my broadcast partner, the grizzly villain himself, Anthony Rowan. How you doing, Tony? Great, brother. I'm glad to be back for another week. Two weeks in a row. We're on a fucking roll now, buddy. Yeah, two weeks in a row. Well, let's get this show on the road and get moving. Uh, the first topic has been a pretty pretty uh, big one the last week. Uh, CM Punk, obviously, he made his return that we talked about last week. Um, this week on Dynamite, he came out and had a big promo with Moxley and all that stuff. But to start the promo off, he had a little... He called out a Hangman Page, and who obviously didn't show up called him a coward, said something about, um, if I remember correctly, about uh, if you want to apologize, do it publicly, Uh, something about that. And I remember watching it and going, hey, this is a little weird, but then they got into the mock stuff, which was absolutely fantastic, and I kind of forgot about it until a day or two later when all these uh, rumors and, you know, reports started coming out about what's going on backstage between... Uh, Page and uh, CM Punk. A lot of there's been a lot of stuff and a lot of back and forth. A lot of it rumor, you know, a lot of Meltzer reports, which you know you can take however you want. Uh, but the main thrust I want to talk about here is the state of the AEW locker room, because there's been a lot of discussion that it's been divided. Because of this, with Hangman Page apparently sticking up, you know, obviously being buddies with the Dark Order and Colt Cabana, and obviously you have CM Punk and his history. Uh, what what do you think the current state of the locker room in AEW is? Oh, first off, I want to let you know what the exact quote was that CM Punk had said. The apology needs to be as loud publicly as the disrespect. Right, that's it. CM Punk said it was disrespectful for Hangman not to come out. In my personal opinion, and I'll get into the locker room in a second, what CM Punk did there was some bitch shit because he knew 110% that he pigeonholed Hangman. Hangman can't come out and interrupt a segment that he has nothing to do with. Is that is that fair to say? I'll agree with that. It was it was uh, disrespectful, and it was he went into business for himself. And I say this as a huge CM Punk fan, you know, the wrestling business, you know, it is what it is, and it's moving forward. And Punk's been a part of it moving forward, but certainly there, you know, there are reports that he it was a receipt for something Hangman said uh, in a promo earlier, but w- during their feud. A couple of months ago, but Punk was in the ring with him. In in this situation, Hangman wasn't there. He couldn't come out. He wasn't a part of the show, even if he was backstage. And I, I'll give credit to Jr. here, Jim Ross. He was he was on the ball real quick here in commentary. He as soon as Punk started calling out Hangman, Jr.'s like, I don't even think Hangman's here. I noticed that, and good on Jr. Man, that is a consummate professional right mm-hmm. there unless it's after 9 p.m. on Twitter. So the thing is with this is it really feels like it has this weird division. At the same time, though, you think about historically, and this is a tweet that I've been seeing going around a lot, the two memes. 
CM Punk's unhappy with another wrestling company, Color Me Shocked. And the other meme that I see that's going around a lot right now is the uh, those Triple H promos are starting to make a whole lot of sense right now, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, I've been seeing that a and lot, too. Pros and cons. I'm also a fan of CM Punk. However, there are certain things that you just don't do that's not good business for anybody. Mm-hmm. I feel like the thing with Hangman was not good business for anybody. Being publicly frustrated, look, that's part of life. I understand that. Let your frustrations out, especially if you know that you're going to earn a dollar off your frustrations. In professional wrestling, that's something that tends to happen a lot. You can turn a shoot into a work real quick, and you're going to draw money on it. So it is 50-50 on how I feel as a whole about this. Now, when you bring in the locker room, mm, that's a little bit different because then you have the reports coming out about Miro being unhappy, Brian Cage being unhappy, um, Santana and Ortiz are unhappy backstage, but it's only because Santana and Ortiz have real life heat with each other right now. That tag team is done. As soon as Santana's contract is up, he's leaving, he's gone. He's not resigning. It's just going to be Ortiz by himself. I'd imagine probably just teaming with Eddie Kingston. Um, but that promo back and forth between CM Punk and John Moxley before he got all the attention he got almost made the card this week. Not going to lie because a lot of the stuff Punk said in that promo made me reinvested into the CM Punk John Moxley rivalry we talked about last week building storyline but that definitely broke the fourth wall in more ways than one more so than he did with the pipe bomb so I have a feeling it's going to get real interesting real quick especially if uh, what Meltzer's reporting that we'll talk about later on in quick jabs is the truth yeah it's it's uh, interesting here Certainly, yeah, yeah, that that promo, after the Hangman stuff, which just felt weird to me to begin with, and then obviously all the reports about it afterwards, but once he got, once he got into the Mox stuff, and Moxley came out, and the back and forth there, um, very interesting, I, I, Punk doing kind of an NWO move, and, you know, Mox making his entrance, and Punk's like, oh, I'm gonna do Snow Angels in the ring, it, you could argue that that might have been a little disrespectful too, but at the same time, that's kind of punk, and that's his character as well. So, but you know, and, and they're back and forth. They're both fantastic. I have some of my issues with with Moxley in match, but he's he's fantastic on the microphone. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, you opened my eyes to one of his early pre WWE promos that we'll talk about on the card this week. But that was absolutely fantastic. But uh, as far as the hangman stuff and and what it means for the locker room, there's been all this talk about, obviously, the AW locker room has, there's been a shift where people are just, at least in the way people think, now that Vince McMahon's gone in WWE, like, oh, people are happier 
and they have some hope, and they, they're looking forward to things in the, in the WWE locker room. Whereas in the AEW locker room, it's almost like things have gotten a little stale and a little stagnant, and people aren't so happy anymore. And, you know, now they're starting to be, because of that, I think, you know, we're starting to get news about, you know, uh, how they're being treated in the locker room, uh, Tony Khan's uh, attitude, and how he can. Uh, be with people uh, backstage and then this comes out which seems to have caused a little bit of a division because CM Punk's the world champion and he represents the company and he's a locker room leader but you know did he push Colt Cabana out is that why Cabana is just a ring of honor talent now you know all these rumors and reports out there and obviously Cabana's a well-liked guy who, you know, so you've got talent that have been in the locker room and sharing a locker room with him for a couple of years versus now Punk's there and big boost, big boost, a lot of knowledge that he he's probably sharing with. You can literally see him, you know, I, early on he was in the ring with uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus and, you know, he's you can literally see him in the ring giving him some advice. I think this was after the show went off the air. And it was a segment they threw on YouTube. But you can literally see CM Punk talking to Jungle Boy and going, Hey, this is how you this is how you work the crowd and this is this and that or whatever he might have been saying, but it was like he was imparting knowledge to Jungle Boy. And certainly that's invaluable, especially to some of these the young talent in AEW. But is it worth the locker room division? Yeah, in my opinion, it's absolutely not worth the division. And, you know, speaking of Colt Cabana, he's somebody that I'm sure I've had conversations with you at a bar drunk as fuck talking about how great Colt Cabana is before. Um, Just because he's one of those talents that consistently gets overlooked. However, I absolutely had forgotten that Colt Cabana was even signed to AEW. As a matter of fact, the last time that I've seen Colt Cabana in probably the last six months was on an episode of Young Rock as the Brooklyn Brawler. The dude has basically been non-existent since CM Punk's arrival. Yep. Could it have something to do with Punk? Probably. Yeah, I would hate to say it does, right? Because you would want to hope that as grown men, you can work in an environment together even if you don't agree with each other. However, we both know in professional wrestling that's not the case. Look at Sean and Brett. Perfect example of this. Uh, damn, man. I think as fans, if you're a true wrestling fan, right? Not tribalistic, not divisionalist. You hope all these reports are just stupid, asinine backstage politics trying to light a fire underneath the ad, trying to create division in the locker room because they're bored with their own lives. We just saw the same thing this week with Top Dollar from Hit Squad. Uh, he was accused of being a lot of divisional list backstage in WWE. Unfortunately, it was some other people backstage that had a problem with Top Dollar. So they started spreading all these rumors. Fortunately, Triple H was smart enough to know what was going on, put the fire out. Um, allegedly, the backstage person that was behind all this is no longer with the company. So winking and nod, I guess we know who that is. Uh, but I hopefully this is the same thing in this case, and we could just get professional wrestling back without all this weird 
backstage dividing of the locker room. Well, and I think a lot of that is on Tony Khan in this situation. He's got to sit down with Hangman and with CM Punk and suss this out. And now that it's out there and that Punk made it public, basically, turn it into a work. And I think that's where we all think it's going to go anyway, right? And certainly, the one the the greatest thing about professional wrestling is even when two people dislike each other, even hate each other, we can go back to Sean and Brett. They're always they're never trying to hurt each other in the ring. They're always taking care of each other in the ring. It's very rare to see someone actually try to legitimately hurt someone else in the ring. And yeah, we um, so e- even even if they have disagreements, even if they don't like each other, you know, you know, they're still going to put on a heck of a match, which apparently they did at the last pay-per-view. So. Yeah, I I see this hopefully becoming a positive in the end. Yeah, we can turn this into a work. Um, if we know anything about Tony Khan in the media, he sticks up for his guys. We've seen it time and time again. Absolutely. Passionately. Now, passionately. Sometimes a little bit too passionately. I.e. Samoa Joe coming into the company uh, and literally coming out on stage in the middle of pay-per-view and marking the fuck out. But Tony Khan's a fan. You know, and I go back to this quote from Edge that came out this week and about how excited he is for the Triple H era of WWE. Said so the reason why Triple H is still so excited and passionate about this and why you see a change in the product is because Paul is a fan the same way I'm a fan. So that keeps us excited with what we're doing on a weekly basis. And I think that's what's going on with Tony Khan, hopefully. Um, however, AEW got a three year honeymoon phase. Think about that three years, right? So. Basically, now that the fucking shine's not there anymore and you're seeing the cracks in the armor, I think the real test for Tony Khan going forward is to see how he handles this backstage. And even though he will passionately defend his guys against the media, how will he passionately defend both guys in the locker room, both guys who can draw, both guys who have been the face of AEW, to get them to come come to some sort of working agreement where you're not sliding one side or the other. I think that's going to be the first real test for Tony Khan as an owner of a company. And you're right there. I think, but I also think Tony is, he's got a lot of charisma and I think he can talk to people. He's good at, he's good at talking to people. It seems like, and almost an Vince McMahon way where you can convince them you can convince someone that you're right. Um, we hear, we would hear all these stories about Vince where someone would come in thinking one way and they into a meeting with Vince and be adamant about it and then walk out going, oh, I got everything I wanted when really they got nothing that they wanted from Vince. And I think Tony Khan seems to have a little bit of that too where he can talk to people and he can convince them and, and talk them into things. And I think if Tony Khan were to sit down with these guys, and I'm sure he has or will, maybe even get them in a room together to hash it out, and then they can 
come up with a plan to move forward. And I think that's what's going to happen here. I think we're going to see this become a work. And then they can say, hey, this was the plan all along. But, and, you know, it'll be a couple of years before we hear on some shoot interview what really happened. But right now we have all we have are the dirt sheet reports. But uh, some interesting stuff going on right now with the with Punk and Hangman and the AW locker room. Go ahead, Tony. Oh, let's go ahead and put our tinfoil hats on for a second here. Oh. You got Stokely Hathaway running around to every disgruntled AEW wrestler. We saw this with uh, Ethan Page. Uh, I don't know if you saw the beginning part of the Ethan Page promo from a week or two ago, but Ethan Page was legitimately in the ring with security trying to stop him uh, before the cameras even turned on for AEW. Oh, wow. I know. I did not uh, see that. Yeah. Uh, so they said, fuck it. They let him go off on his tirade. He literally tore everybody a new asshole. The crowd was literally behind him 100% on this. And then just like a flip of the switch, he turned on the crowd, told them to all, they could all kiss his ass because when a new shirt drops on Shop AEW, it's the CM Punks, it's the Darby Allens, it's the Young Bucks are always the top sellers. And not a single goddamn person buys an Ethan Page shirt. Like, it was just a beautiful dichotomy of you had these people on your side, but fuck those people. You don't want them. You're going to tell them how you really feel. Stokely Hathaway, if you've been noticing, is going around getting all these disgruntled AEW talents to sign deals with him. I think they're going to be working on a new faction of people that are disgruntled with Tony Khan. Well, that's that's another thing here with this... Uh... With AEW's more, let's say, dirt sheet friendly style of booking, they will, you know, they've been accused of booking for the dirt sheets, but they can certainly use those reports to their advantage in a way that WWE rarely does. And, you know, hey, these guys are disgruntled, but you know what? We can use that. We can use that on our show. And... In the process, you know, keep make them happy, keep them happy, improve the morale. So there, there are a lot of ways, potential ways we could see uh, the AEW locker room as a whole uh, improve or get more and more divided. We will see what happens here. All right, we will move on to our next topic here, uh, Guther is set to defend the Intercontinental title against Sheamus at Clash at the Castle after Sheamus won a fatal five-way on SmackDown. Uh, This match, to me, is going to be insanely good. I'm really excited about this match. Sheamus, a little bit underrated, I think, in in a lot of fans' eyes, but he's, he's a stalwart. He's been there forever, and he knows what he's doing. And to... uh. Two big brawlers in the ring that I'm really excited to see. Also, I know something you're really excited about. The IC title getting defended on a pay-per-view for the first time since WrestleMania 37. How how excited are you for this? First off, this has been a long time coming. We've seen the promo packages over the last couple of weeks. Let me me pause you right there. I said pay-per-view. I meant premium live event. Continue. (laughs) Look, man, we've been trained for over 30 years to say pay-per-view. It's going to take some time, all right? But, um, no, we get these promo packages starting with the U.S. title. 
and it's absolutely beautiful, right? And yeah. now we get this promo package for the IC title, and it's just like, holy shit, it's giving me all these feels again. Goosebumps. It's making me excited to see these titles. And main event at SmackDown. Put it, yeah. Main event SmackDown. And then you put the IC title on a guy who has well-known and liked and dependable as Gunther going back to when he was Walter in his progress days. He was known as the go-to guy when he was on the UK scene. Now you have him going against Sheamus on a pay-per-view for the Intercontinental Championship. This could be a major passing of the torch match if you actually think about it in that way. Sheamus, arguably best shape of his career, but age is still age. It gets to us all after a while. He is getting up there. I believe he's in uh, he's in AJ Styles territory right now, like we've talked about before. Some wrestlers thrive at that age, like AJ and Edge and Orton. Other wrestlers begin to break down around that time. So we're having two hard-hitting big blokes from Europe going at it at a UK pay-per-view. Look, I hope this isn't the case. But what's to say that this isn't Sheamus's farewell match? He's been focusing more content towards the fitness aspect of things. His YouTube channel's doing gangbuster numbers right now. Maybe that's where he wants to lay his head down and not be on the road so much anymore. But either way, I will tell you this. If this match doesn't end the way that meme that's going around right now of Stallone and Schwarzenegger in the hospital after filming that scene in The Expendables, I don't want it. Let them go at it. Let them be what they are known for in the WWE as just being big, giant, brawling brutes. And that's what this match is going to be. Like, I'm super excited, first off, that the IC title is getting shine here. And then that it's getting such a big... I mean, Sheamus, you know, obviously in the UK is going to be huge. Huge baby face. And to have him... have the, Put them... To have the WWE put him in a match for the IC title is only going to bring the IC title up. And assuming Gunther goes over, which I think he will, only going to make Gunther that much better. But it's going to be a hell of a bruising physical match. And I'm excited for it. Um, There is a little bit, a side note here. Uh, Gunther has uh, applied for a trademark for Ring General. Which is what he was so called. He's going back to the old gimmick. Yeah. So, at least that's he. He's applying for that himself, not on behalf of WWE. So, if something would ever happen, he can go back to use that, and that's not a WWE trademark. That'll be a Gunther, Walter trademark. So interesting. There, I'm really excited for this match. And what Tony and I want to know is, what do you think? Of this match. Are you excited for this match at Clash of the Castle? Clash at the Castle? Let us know down below in the comments on this video. All right, moving on, we will talk about Trish Jadis. Uh, she's set to make an appearance on a string of house shows, including today, yesterday, and tomorrow on Raw. All right, from Toronto, are you excited about this uh, Raw appearance for Trish Stratus? You know, Coming off of a great 
then it was a pay-per-view at the time pay-per-view like wwe evolution for the women's division and then coming off of the news that we just got this week that nwa is currently not looking at doing an empower two which was their all-female pay-per-view with women from across professional wrestling it's good to get a reminder that there are legendary female wrestlers that deserve the spotlight we see it all the time with the male professional wrestlers who are legends coming back for example ricky dragon steamboat was a part of dynamite and rampage this week you always get the guest cameo spots from legends like hulk hogan or stone cold but it's great that we remember the women that laid the foundation for what we know is women's professional wrestling today trish stratus being one of them women lita being one of them women stacy keebler tori wilson all these women that gave us what we had today so it's good that she's getting her shine she's coming back she's wrestling i mean trish stratus is still in phenomenal shape she looks as good as she ever has yeah she may be in the best shape of her career right now I think that this is going to be awesome, and it's going to be that shot in the arm that the women's division needs yet again. Yeah, and apparently uh, at a house show last night in uh, Kingston, Quebec, she got physical. She got involved Yeah. Uh, in the match uh, between... There was a match between uh, Io Sky and Bianca Belair. Uh, and, of course... Uh, Asuka and Alexa Bliss and Dakota Kai and Bailey all got involved and it was a scrum and Trish Stratus got involved and all that and got a little physical uh, on behalf of the baby faces. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, you will probably get something similar to that uh, on Monday night. I think in the end, the heels should go over her. And we all know WWE's track record of people in their hometowns. Yeah, You get heat on them. That's which well, which isn't like, a bad thing, by the way. But no. But I would like to point out though that Kingston, Ontario, is the second best Ontario that CM Punk's been in the ring with. <laughs> All right, uh, we're excited for Trish Stratus to make her appearance tomorrow night on Raw. Are you excited? Let us know down below. All right, we'll move on from that topic up to SmackDown. We had an audible called during the day Friday. Shawn Michaels, uh, in a poorly edited video on Twitter, uh, announced that Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark were not going to be able to perform at SmackDown due to injuries uh, from the NXT show prior particularly Zoe Stark, and we can talk about why maybe Nikita couldn't get into Canada. But because of that, they were replaced with probably who should have been in this spot to begin with, Toxic Attraction, the former NXT Tag Team Champions. Uh, They actually got a big win over Natalia and Sonya Deville. Uh, What do you think about Gigi Dolan and JC Jane making their SmackDown debut? So this is really awesome for a multitude of reasons. The biggest reason that sticks out to me is everybody seems to forget that Gigi Dolan was the woman on the independence that was putting tampons in her opponent's mouths. Oh, goodness. 
Yes, she would literally pull them out of her trunks mid-match, shove them in her mouth. She had a tryout match with AEW because she was she's Dar- Darby Allen's real life wife. Yeah, uh, that's where she gets the GG. He's Allen, GG Allen. Um, but because that got brought up on social media so much, AEW declined, and she ended up in WWE, which Toxic Attraction has been an incredible stable for WWE in the NXT realm. Um, God damn, I can't wait to see Mandy Rose get the call up back to the main roster again, even though she's been doing great things in NXT. Um, surprising win, absolutely. But this is a legitimate tag team that went over on something that just kind of felt thrown together. And you and me have had long rants in the past going on and on about the women's division feeling very rushed and forced. Um, so, yeah, it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, I'm excited uh, that they're up on SmackDown right now. We'll see uh, what happens uh, with them, if they stick around or if they end up going back down to NXT. Um, Certainly, selfishly, you and I, with our NXT show on September 30th that we're going to in Tampa, would love to see them there in person. But, you know, I, I think they deserve... Uh, the call up to uh, if if there's a spot for him on the main roster, whether it be SmackDown or Raw. Um, certainly, the women's division is in need of tag teams right now, and here's a good one right in front of them that has a pedigree. They've been the NXT tag champs, so and to see them get a victory over Natalia, who's at that stage in her career where she is more often than not, probably going to be putting over other women uh, because she is the legend and she's, you know, a heart. She's the heart and soul of my Instagram timeline. <laughs> For sure. Uh, but, and Sonia, she didn't take, it was Natalia that took the pinfall here. So, I'm in, I'm excited to see where Gigi and JC go with here, uh, and obviously with their connection to Mandy Rose, do they bring her up eventually too? She's still NXT champion, so you're right. They're probably going to keep them on NXT for now, but I think they will be a player here and there in the main roster uh, tag team division, and we'll see what happens there. Uh, anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, you know, what I can see happening is, you know, that's the fun part about the show. We get to, like, make, like, fancy booking ideas. That'll um, never happen, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. <laughs> so, let's say this becomes a recurring theme with Toxic Attraction up on the main roster going through everything. And let's say, for whatever reason, Sonya Deville becomes a main target for Gigi Dolan. And her name's escaping me. Jesus Christ. Chasey Jane? Yes. CTE, folks. It's very real. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> um, so they just keep going on and on on San- Sonya Deville every week. And who eventually has enough of it? Sonya's former tag team partner, Mandy Rose. You get the reforming of fire and desire against the new toxic attraction. There you go. Hire me, WWE. I'm available. I'm cheap. That could be that could be very interesting, and certainly I think Sonya Deville, 
Uh, she was so hot. Had so much heat uh, at the end of that uh, of her run as a WWE official, and that's kind of gone nowhere. You know that heat has kind of dissipated at this point. Uh, but she's a fantastic heel. I, that would be great. Her and Mandy Rose back together for sure. Uh, I'm down for that. All right, we want to know what you think. Let us know in the comments down below. All right, we will talk. We will move on to our next subject here. Uh, we'll talk about NXT UK and how after the uh, Worlds Collide pay-per-view, NXT UK is shutting down, or at least going on hiatus. Uh, while it gets pretty much reorganized into NXT Europe, which will start up in 2023. What do you think of this news? Amid uh, several NXT UK talents getting released as a part of this news, basically. I believe that this is just going to be one of those temporary releases, uh, releasings. Um, a lot like when Ring of Honor folded and they didn't really know what was going on with the promotion at the time. Most of these people are going to probably come back. Um, but now you're expanding your horizon of all across Europe and not just UK wrestlers. Uh, Europe has a great wrestling scene. Walter is the prime example of that coming from um, Europe, and, and even though he built his reputation up in the UK. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting to see WWE and Triple H find more of that talent from over there. What I think is irritating about this, aside from the fact that you are going to have people without a paycheck for a couple months, which is terrible, especially in this day and age, and I don't know what the cap is on NXT talent or what NXT UK does numbers-wise. But I think the most frustrating thing in my end, as somebody who likes continuity, you have Tyler Bate show up on Heat Wave with the NXT UK title. Before he's technically he, won it on NXT UK yeah. TV, yeah. Because that episode hasn't aired yet. Right. Don't! But they want to set up the World Collide pay-per-view. And, you know, I guess they figured, you know what, we'll go ahead and do this. People already know that that's been recorded or whatever. People that are paying attention to NXT and NXT UK probably already know that anyway. So we'll go ahead and just put them on TV as the UK champion for NXT because we want to set up Worlds Collide. I get, I don't, it's certainly a, uh, should we, should we not? But I don't think it was a gaffe. I think it was a calculated decision. But uh, I agree with you on the talents getting released. I think most of them will end up being back. Uh, I, I think they're released. I think the idea here, at least, is that we're not going to be doing anything with a lot of these lower-level NXT UK people while the promotions shut down or on hiatus. Let's let them go they can go make so that way we don't have to pay them obviously as a publicly traded company so there's that but also they can go on the independent scene in uk and europe and wherever they are and get their own bookings and make money and continue to improve and learn and then when we start nxt europe we can assuming they're not signed elsewhere we can go ahead and get them back. Um, 
So I think that's the idea with a lot of these uh, UK releases. Certainly, uh, I agree with you. Everything you said about NXT Europe, it's just an expansion of the brand and of getting more talent. And that's never a bad thing, especially now, you know, some 40, 30, 40 years after the death of the territories. So we, we need to get me, more talent. Let me pose you a question. When was the last time you watched NXT UK? I couldn't tell you a time I've watched it once. Can you name three wrestlers on that roster? I could name a former one. <laughs> That's about it. So, for my money, the most exciting people over there, Trent Seven, Tyler Bate, the Coffee Brothers, and I don't know if Rampage is still a part of NXT UK or not. Those are the only guys I ever cared about, but it wasn't enough to get me to tune in to NXT UK. It was very poorly marketed in the U.S. for some reason. Uh, it just didn't have that appeal to your diehard wrestling fan who may be looking for indie wrestling outside of the country. I feel like with the expansion of the NXT Europe, if they go back and they market it correctly, this could be something that has all the potential in the world to be something very huge, and we could actually get Worlds Collide as a premium live event more and more often, especially, you know, they talk about launching NXT Japan and NXT India. I mean, if we're going to have all these NXT territories, once a year you get your champions together and an Elimination Chamber match, a War Games match, something like that, uh, come on, dude, that's money. And... To be fair, NXT UK doesn't have to be big in the U.S. You put that on the network internationally, the WWE Network, which here in the U.S. we have Peacock now, but it's still a network outside the U.S. And you put NXT UK on there or NXT Europe now, and then, you yeah, if you end up expanding to NXT Japan and NXT India, these are brands that are never going to do big numbers. They'll, they'll be put on Peacock. But it's not something that's going to attract a U.S. audience. So they're not going to put a large amount of of advertising into it here in the U.S. But in those markets, they will be huge. And, and you're growing more talent to eventually be brought up to the uh, main roster, which is a, a win-win. So... I'm excited for this. I think it's a good deal. Uh, a little side note here. I want to discuss uh, Shawn Michaels as a part of this. Uh, becoming an executive with WWE. What do you think of this? And becoming... Uh, I forget his exact title. Let me go find it real quick. But what do you think of Shawn Michaels becoming an executive? It's executive vice president of talent relations. Uh, and not I, he's, he, he's part talent relations, but he's not... Vice President of Talent Relations. Let me go ahead, but go ahead and give me your thoughts. Um, yeah, dude, Shawn Michaels deserves it. Yeah. When you talk about a WWE guy, he is in the upper echelon with your Triple H and with your Undertaker. So to see Shawn Michaels in that position, man, good on him. I mean, people forget if it wasn't for Shawn Michaels, we wouldn't have a Brian Danielson. You know, that's yeah. who trained him. 
And if that's any indication of what Shawn Michaels is able to do, especially with his involvement full-time with NXT, he deserves it. The future's going to look bright for talent coming through. And uh, God damn, just let him run his own Twitter account for the rest of forever, though, because <laughs> that tweet after the announcement about the change in the women's tag team t- tournament, just where he's like, hey, look, Shawn Michaels doesn't edit videos. Yeah. <laughs> Chef's kiss. Right. <laughs> Don't yell at me. All right. Uh, and it's Vice President of Talent Development Creative. Mm. Which... Sounds like head trainer. You know, it, it's, it's hey, we're, we're, we're making him an executive in the company. But a lot of these executive titles are just that. They're titles. He's probably not going to really be doing anything more. It's just... Now he's an executive and he gets a little bit more of a say, maybe. Uh, but as a vice president, uh, obviously a buddy of Triple H's. And, you know, you can certainly see why that uh, that happened there. But, you know, but I, I agree with you. I think he deserves it. Funny story. I don't know if you're going to remember this or not. Probably about six years ago, they put a special on the network that followed Shawn Michaels. Now that he's been retired and everything like that. And he was coming in to the NXT uh, Performance Center and helping train people just as a guest here and there. So much so that him and his wife had bought a home uh, somewhere, I think it was St. Cloud maybe. Um, and they had the NXT crews following him and they were interviewing him walking down the street and he was like, you know, we came here on vacation. We weren't really looking to relocate or anything like that. And then I got a call from Hunter. Hey, man, you want to come in and do a guest spot? I'm retired. I don't know about it. And then I started getting the itch and my wife saw it and told me to go do one guest spot and that's it. You're done with wrestling. And then this is a perfect example of when you love something, how much the seed will be planted and grow inside of you to now being Shawn Michaels back full time with the company. You got to love it. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm glad he's there. There's I don't know that there's anyone better to be training these guys, all the experiences he's been through. And, you know, it's certainly as members of the clique. Seeing Triple H and Shawn Michaels now as the ultimate company man is a little odd, but here we are. And they've taken over the company. How about that? All right. Question is for you. What do you guys think about NXT Europe? Uh, UK shutting down for a little bit to, to reorganize into Europe. And what do you think of Shawn Michaels becoming a vice president in the company? Let us know down below. All right. A little programming note here. Uh, the card this week and moving forward will not be a part of the Buckle Bomb show. It'll be its own separate thing. Uh, we'll, we'll still be doing our top 10 countdown. Uh, this week will be the top 10 promos, best promos, that you've never heard of. And me and Tony will be counting those down. It'll be interesting to see the differences and his five and my five. Uh, part one drops at noon on Tuesday and part two will drop at noon on Thursday. 
Uh, we'll try to keep those a little shorter than the first couple were. Uh, but yeah, we'll be filming that later today, and those parts will drop uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So make sure to stick around, subscribe if you're not already, uh, and to catch those shows. All right. Uh, we'll move on to our quick jabs to the face. I know uh, you had a couple of things you wanted to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about one thing real quick: is the Charlotte. I don't know. I I don't know if you had time to watch this, the uh, Charlotte uh, interview on Steve Austin's uh, uh, Broken Skull sessions on Peacock. But it was a pretty excellent interview. Um, they went through her whole career pretty much. Emotional at times, obviously, uh, the reasons she got into the business, uh, discussing Reed, uh, her brother. And it went through uh, the title swap with Becky Lynch. And did she drop it on purpose? She says it was an accident. And then they even discuss uh, Becky, or excuse me, they even discuss Sasha and Naomi. And what happened there. And obviously Charlotte says I wasn't around for that. But she can't imagine not being able to ever wrestle Sasha again. Because that's that's her best opponent. So uh, did you get a chance to see this uh, show? This is actually on my watch list for when we get off of here. Uh, I was going to put it on because I have some things I need to do around the house because I want to, I want to listen to what Charlotte has to say. I honestly find her interesting as a performer, even though she is my WWE equivalent of Kenny Omega. With that, I mean, sometimes getting a break from that person is good for the heart. Distance makes the heart grow fonder. And sometimes, admittedly, WWE tries to shove Charlotte down your throat. Um, but I am excited reasons. to watch this be- for good reasons. But at the same time, though, it's a little too much for my taste. Um, but it does make me happy to know that Charlotte thinks so highly of Sasha. I mean, like you said, one of her best opponents. Uh, my God, dude. For everything Charlotte has accomplished in such a short time with WWE. And I, I mean, I guess in terms of like women's division for the shelf life for the women's division in the history of WWE, you got to think like Charlotte and Becky are probably, yeah, they're probably the longest tenured with the company. Wow. That's something to think about, but yeah. yeah. All right. uh, Let's go ahead and move on to the other uh, jabs you wanted. I know you had a whole list of of things you want to discuss here. Let's go ahead and talk about those. Absolutely. First and foremost, if you've been following the Buckle Bomb show for any point in period of time, you know how much I despise the infamous Vince McMahon name change. He wants something to be his own. And according to WrestlingNews.co, one of my most hated ones might begin to change. Rumor has it, Butch is going back to Pete Dunne, according to Wrestling News. The one NXT UK wrestler I knew. (laughs) Uh, This rumor got started when Pete Dunne changed his Twitter name back to Pete Butch Dunne, and then tweeted a picture of himself with the NXT UK title. According to sources backstage, 
Triple H is on a mission right now to get all former NXT talent their names back. Well, it's got to be frustrating, you know, for Triple H when he would build these talents and they would get over. And then, yeah, all right, this is my baby here. Move on up to Raw or SmackDown to the main roster. And then suddenly they're completely repackaged with maybe a different name. Uh, They completely screw up the gimmick, uh, make it more exaggerated and cartoonish but so him going back and hey let's undo some of this and hopefully in the future not make some of those changes for people that are, that get uh, brought up uh, is only a good thing alright what's the next uh, thing you want to discuss is it something about G- GCW Homecoming yes last weekend GCW Homecoming uh, it's now been reported that multiple WWE stars and officials were backstage Um, including The Miz, who they believe The Miz is only there to support the Matt Cardona wedding angle, and a picture that is now surfacing to me that popped me super hard, I'm not going to lie. It's a picture of Seth Rollins peeking out from behind the curtain watching the matches. Um, This is a continuation of what is already reportedly a very flirty relationship between Stephanie McMahon and GCW, if you recall, WrestleMania, they had Brett Lauderdale and Nick Gage in a suite where they all took pictures with them. Flirty. Uh, yeah, flirty is in like a uh, company is working together. <laughs> I think Triple H would absolutely destroy Brett Lauderdale. <laughs> there is a size difference there. Jesus Christ. I mean, oh. it might be worth it. Uh, Triple H can beat me up if I get a little flirtation from Stephanie. I don't know. but Yeah, she probably started my milk kink when I was younger to think about it. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's uh, let's move on from that. Yeah, I gotta check that out. That sounds interesting. Uh, Chris Statlander tore her ACL on AEW Dark, uh, which she has done once before. Uh, this is sad news since Chris Statlander was almost looking like she was about to break out again. Uh, what do you think about think about this? So, Chris Statlander missed time from 2020 to 2021 with a torn ACL in one leg. Uh, on Dark, she tore the ACL in her other leg. Unfortunate timing, man, because she really was getting that push with Athena in the yeah. whole uh, women's title picture. Uh, she would drop that weird-ass alien gimmick yep. and was actually showing her range as a character. Man, hopefully that push is just on a pause right now and people remember her when she comes back because she is an underrated talent for sure. Uh, just goes to show you that one goofy fucking gimmick can really blow your load with the fans. Yeah, agreed. And uh, all right, uh, and you wanted to discuss uh, Impact talent contracts. What's going on there? Impact has almost no talent under contract right now. The Good Brothers have not been under contract for almost a month and have agreed to work without a contract through the end of September. Deanna Perrazzo, one half of your Impact Women's Tag Team Champions, uh, her contract is coming up at the end of August. Her tag team partner, Chelsea Green, Matt Cardona's wife, does not have a contract. And it seems like most of the wrestlers who are under contract will have all their contracts expiring by the end of the year leaving further speculation that nobody knows if Impact is going to go under, if they're going to fold, if they're going to sell out, if Tony Khan is becoming the Thanos of professional wrestling. 
Nobody knows. Very interesting to see uh, where this could go and what's going on with Impact here. Because I, I didn't know about this until just now, really, that you talking about it. So, yeah, the, uh, the Good Brothers are actually still their tag team champions. Um, not having your tag team champions yeah. under contract, it's such a big deal because, A, they're, they appear on New Japan every week, it seems like, with the Impact Championships. They take them with them. They are the proud champions. And two, you have to worry. You have a lot of Bullet Club members now on your roster in Impact, right? Let's say something happens in the front office in Japan. Maybe Rocky Romero can make something work. And now you kind of forget that there's even the connection between New Japan and Impact, and all those wrestlers could just easily split for New Japan. And it could leave Impact in a really bad way. I mean, we've talked about it multiple times. Right now, pound for pound, some of the best professional wrestling in the world is happening on Impact television. Right. Uh, well, it, this to me is very interesting for what it could mean for the future. Uh, do they have plans to re-sign talent? Or are they going to, are they maybe thinking about shutting down? They're not sure about their future? Or, you know, it, it, when is their deal with Access TV? Could that be coming to an end? I don't know. Um, so maybe that's why they're not re-signing a lot of talents right now. Or maybe they're just going to move to a more independent style of we're just going to book talent on a show-by-show basis. Um, which would seem a little bit odd for a promotion that's on TV. But, you know, there, there are a lot of questions moving forward there, I think. I do like that last idea, though. I feel like if that could work for any company, it would be Impact. You got to think, last year, for most of the year, their champion was an AEW-contracted wrestler. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you got to think the Good Brothers are going to go New Japan full-time the end of September. Uh, yeah, that, no, I, I would actually be really excited to see how that would work out. Yeah. Huh. All right, and uh, one more quick jab you wanted to talk about here was, uh, uh, what was it? Go ahead and... Actually, I, I have oh, two for you real quick before we get out of here. Yes, according to Dave Meltzer, MJF is making his return soon. The plan is tentatively MJF versus Punk 2. Uh, there was some speculation around this being the case as to why the championship match between Mox and Punk got moved to Dynamite this week, but that is not 100% confirmed. Nobody has officially confirmed that yet, but according to Meltzer, MJF will be making his return soon and having an impact leading into All Out. All right, interesting stuff there, yeah. We'll see what happens with MJF there. Uh, It was... I, I, I saw the headline of MJF returning... Soon, maybe. I'm like, how is this news? <laughs> you know, but you know, you know, we have we as fans get really yeah. hopeful, and we let ourselves down. I imagine it's a lot like what being a Dallas Cowboys fan is like, because at the beginning of every season, they're yelling, "We them boys, this is our year," and then by week 14, you're realizing it's not your year. <laughs> And I feel like we do this with talent over and over and over again. I'm guilty of doing it with Bray Wyatt last week on Raw, the whole glove thing. 
yeah, my nipples were hard for a little bit, and then I realized that Dexter Loomis also wore gloves. So we put ourselves in this weird position almost every day. All right, and you said there's something else you wanted to talk about too? This is just a final little quick jab. This is an Easter egg quick jab for fans of independent wrestling. Um, on Friday night on SmackDown, Sami Zayn was in a really great match, actually. And on commentary, Michael Cole referred to Sami Zayn as El Generico, his Ring of Honor luchador character. So there is a world out there where Michael Cole knows who El, or El Fagador is, or not El Fagador. El Generico, Jesus Christ, CTE is real, folks. Um, and the other little Easter egg was they did the um, Viking traditional festival uh, little vignette with the Viking warriors or Viking raiders, however you want to call them. Uh, and the high priestess that was marking their face was, in fact, Sarah, Sarah Logan. Logan. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully she'll be coming back. Hopefully she'll be, she'll be coming back. I'm um, excited to see them actually try to make the Viking Raiders something serious rather than kind of just a funny gimmick that comes out in jobs more often than not. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but I like that they had a, a little promo package there. And forgive me, I'm sweating a lot. I don't have AC in my apartment right now. Uh, i got to get that fixed hopefully tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, uh, excited to see uh, where they go with the Viking Raiders and... Sarah Logan, if in fact that was her teaming up with them, they didn't show her face a whole lot, so I don't know if it was it was they were just using her in that, or if they're actually going to be bringing her back. But uh, we'll see. All right, anything else you want to discuss? I think that pretty much sums up on my end. All right. Well, one thing we do want to discuss is you guys, and we want to have a discussion with you. More than talk about you, but hey. Uh, let us know about what you think of all the subjects down below in the comments. We want to have a discussion with you. We, we'll be down there. If you talk about it, we'll, we're going to respond. We want to talk to you. Um, please like the video, subscribe, share if you feel so inclined. Uh, if you enjoyed the video, if you didn't enjoy the video, maybe just shut up and don't talk about it. Uh, don't say anything about not liking it for sure. Uh, be on the lookout for be on the be on the lookout for qualified human. I'm still uh, deep in editing it, editing that when I got time. It's Tony's uh, interview show, uh, non wrestling, but uh, there's some good stuff in there that to be looking forward to. And be on the lookout for the card every Tuesday and Thursday. Tony, love you, brother. Love you too. The preceding announcement has been paid for by Bomb Media Productions.